Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Rollin Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode of CareCast, Rollin and I will discuss what new laws allowing late-term abortions and politicians defending infanticide mean for the pro-life movement and how we, as pro-abundant life people, can respond. So Rollin, you know, as, as you're obviously very aware and, and sadly, uh, there's been a lot of just really discouraging things that have been happening politically um, around the abortion issue in our country recently. Um, a few things of note, uh, the governor uh, of Virginia, the state in which our CareNet's headquarters is located, right. um, yeah. and many of us live, um, Governor Northam kind of came out and made a uh, sort of a public defense of infanticide. Yeah. Um, as a former doctor, he sort of explained what would happen if an abortion failed, a late-term abortion failed, um, and essentially it amounted to him uh, justifying and, and by failed, it means that the, the child Ch- the child lived. The, the child, child lived. is alive out of the womb. Yes, um, there in a hospital room. Yeah, um, and he essentially defended the idea of letting the baby die. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I've, you know, another big thing that was in the news was New York uh, passing a law uh, that you know basically codified that ab- abortion in their state is is legal up to the moment of birth. Right, um, and then re- more recently, both the House and the Senate failed to pass the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, yeah. which would have um, actually provided some penalties for for doctors who or, right. or you know medical professionals who fail to provide a standard of care for a baby that is alive outside of the womb that has survived an abortion. Similar to what they would do if the baby was premature. Right, and exactly. It wasn't abor- it, right, so it, it was exactly. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just really problematic stuff, tr- troubling stuff, I think, you know, in a lot of ways. Uh, the pro-choice movement and pro-choice legislators uh, maybe see the end of Roe versus Wade right. possibly on the horizon with some of the Supreme Court justices that have that have come in recently, and so they're essentially preparing for the end of Roe um, in some in some ways legislatively. Right. Um, but what I thought was just really interesting, and I wanted to kind of chat with you about today, was uh, the justification that members of Congress and the Senate used for why they thought that the uh, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act was, was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them pointed to the 2002 Born Alive Infants Protection Act, right. which was passed in, you know, I guess it would have been about 17 years ago, uh, essentially saying that because we have that act, right. um, which essentially said that, um, it's basically said that the the, the child who, is bo- who survives an abortion um, is now a, you know, full, full-fledged human life with right. all the protections that are afforded human life, but it didn't provide any sort of penalty right. for medical professionals who pr- fail to care for it, right? right? So this new act was basically giving giving teeth to, right. that, that, to that old act. Thus the protection piece. Right, I- exactly, yes. And so, um, and so the justification that the folks who did not pass this new act use was that it was unnecessary, right? right. It's right. just, the, we don't need this bill. Right. But in a twist of irony that only, you know, elected officials are capable of, it seems. Uh, the Senate had actually very recently just passed an act making lynching a federal crime. Right. Okay. So when that when that act was introduced and it was in the process of being passed, some folks are saying, well, wait a second. We already have laws against murder. Right. Um, we have laws, you know, that penalize people who commit lynchings and any other sort of act of violence of that of that nature. Right. Um, and uh, but they said, yeah, we understand all that, but the reason that we need this 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 lynching bill is because we we need to make a statement that it's symbolic, right? That that we want to make we want to make a statement about the protection of you know groups that might be the target 
of lynchings, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, the Senate was is, is perfectly comfortable passing bills that might not necessarily be technically or legally necessary, that but that, quote, make a cultural statement or are symbolic of some some idea that the, the, the Senate wants to communicate uh, to the public. Yeah. But there's there's obviously some issues with that. Yeah. No, I, I find that very interesting. And as you know, Vince, I'm a black guy. Mm-hmm. In a podcast, you can't see that. Yeah, but, you know. yeah, but, but I am. I am. I, you know, I got my card. I throw it down on the table. You don't I, just identify that way. You actually are. Yeah, I, yes. I walk fully and embrace <laughs> all of that. Right. So, right. so as a black guy, yeah. and, and given the fact that lynchings disproportionately happen to people who look like me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I certainly understand, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the symbolism of that. But it's problematic for me because, uh, you know, we had kind of looked up when the last lynching was. and It was like nearly 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. thanks, Senate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you acted fast there. Whoa, yeah. yeah. So it really kind of shows it kind of shows the hypocrisy of all of this. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, you're basically passing a law to protect people from something that generally is not happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Right. And you refuse to pass a law. To protect people from something that is happening. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, just again, using using pr- the pro-choice yeah. movement's own yeah. sort of statements and rhetoric against them, it was actually yeah. Hillary Clinton who said that you know these these bills that allow late-term abortions, they're, they're, it's not a big deal because it's it's such a small proportion of abortions. It's only one point one, you know, roughly one percent of all abortions fall into this category. But if there's a million abortions per year, one point two percent of right. these abortions is twelve thousand abortions. Right. So that and that we actually a- know that those numbers are are low because yes. certain states don't report. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. So we, but using that, that yeah. number, yeah. So 12,000 babies yes. who are uh, aborted in, in you know, in con- what are considered late-term abortions that could potentially survive that abortion, this act would have protected those actual yes. 12,000 lives every single year, year after year after year. Yes, as opposed to a law that's passed 40 years after the last incident happens right, right. for symbolic reasons. Right, right, we won't right. pass a law today yeah. for something that's happening every single day, right. so to speak. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's desperately needed. Yeah. I mean, the hypocrisy for me is just, it, it's, 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 it runs thick, and and, yeah. and I think you know, and this ties back to what we talked about in our last podcast, um, just around how how the rhetoric has, has shifted into it, it, it's moved away from whether or not these are lives that we're protecting, yeah, and and more into whether or not we're being compassionate to yeah, whoever, right, the mother, even the child. Frankly, some people would argue that it's compassionate to the child, yeah, for that child to never have to be, you know, to live in poverty or whatever it might be, right. Um, and so this is just more of that, because obviously there are no people that are arguing for late-term abortion or for yeah. allowing a baby who survives abortion to, to die. That they, they obviously know that that's a life. They're not making an argument that no. that's not a life. No. They know it is, yep. but they're saying we're, this is actually compassion towards women and others. Yeah, and the other thing that's kind of remarkable to me, because a, a, a key aspect of sort of American jurisprudence is really this notion of we'd rather ha- let a guilty man go free Mm-hmm. Then right, then then hang, then, then punish a, pr- ten guilty men. Yeah. Go free. I think it's kind of the thing. Right, rather right. Than, rather than hang one one innocent man, one right. innocent man. So there's this bias towards mm-hmm. protecting quote the vulnerable, erring on the side of caution. Right, yeah, erring on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. So here, yeah, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's interesting yeah. to me. And and the other thing for me that it really exposes is really the fact that abortion and th- that that the child that abortion is basically viewed as a consumer product mm-hmm. right and 
which is interesting. And the product, the byproduct of abortion is basically viewed as a consumer product. It's mm-hmm. the result of a consumer transaction and therefore you are a consumer product. So mm-hmm. if I go into a store, right, and I buy a pair of sneakers, mm-hmm. that's a consumer transaction and what I get is a pair of sneakers which is a consumer product. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I go into if I go into an abortion clinic and buy an abortion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, the result of the abortion is a what? Dead fetus. Right. Right? right. So I paid for a dead fetus. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Deliver me a dead fetus. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like if you go home and your sneakers, you know, tear open the day you got them, you're going to bring them back to the store and be like, give me a pair of sneakers Didn't that's I, not ripped. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't yep. I pay for a dead fetus? Yeah. And what, what is this? You're delivering me a, a live fetus? Mm-hmm. Aren't there pro- consumer protection laws against that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's basically what this what this inaction yeah. has sort of codified in the mind. Yeah. That I paid for a dead baby. Mm-hmm. And you will deliver me a dead baby. Right. And and when you think about how crass that makes our culture, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and and it again goes way beyond is this a life, not a life, this mm-hmm. whole perspective mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It goes into viewing humanity as a consumer product. Mm-hmm. And that is incredibly that is incredibly troubling. Because yeah. what we know is is that the relationship between parents and children and it shouldn't be viewed as a consumer relationship, mm-hmm. right? It should be viewed as a covenant relationship, Absolutely. right? Because a consumer relationship says, hey, I will do what I'm supposed to do as long as you do what you're supposed to do. So right. if I walk into Burger King and I put down my money for, you know, a Whopper or right. whatever, right? You, you'll give me a you're Whopper. Give me a Whopper. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. So if I walk into Burger King and say, give me a Whopper, and they say, and, and, and I'm putting cash down, they're like, no, I'm not giving you a Whopper. Mm-hmm. It's right. a that kind right, of thing. Right, right. That's not the way that parenting works. That's not mm. that's not the yeah. kind of relationship that yeah. we're supposed to have with a yeah. child. That's not the kind of relationship that a woman is supposed to have with the child growing inside of her. Yeah. It's a covenant relationship. Yeah. And that covenant relationship is I will do what I'm supposed to do regardless of whether you do what you're supposed to do. So Absolutely. it's not like, well, if this child comes out with blue eyes, I will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or if my if I you know if my if my I have two two boys. If my kid if my two boys thank me yes. every day for dinner, I'll be, keep on giving them dinner. We'll but if they on. but if they don't thank me, I'm just going to starve them to exactly. death. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. that's a con- that's a consumer yeah. view yeah. of humanity, yeah. and what we're called to is a covenant view. And our, and the, here's the crazy thing: our whole society is built on the notion that parents should have covenant relationships with their kids. Mm-hmm. Like all of our society depends yeah. on that. It's one of those things that just underpins everything it, without us even necessarily realizing exactly. it. Exactly. And you know? and now we've let abortion kind of guide that. And now it's again, it's moved the way that things tend to move outside of the womb to where to this point. Yep. So so the logic here is just it's just if you follow the logic, yeah. Yeah. it is ending where a lot of people said it actually would. People have been saying for years that abortion will end up in an in infanticide because frankly, how can you not justify? I mean, you're being mm-hmm. logically inconsistent. Mm-hmm. To support abortion and not support infanticide, right. and basically what's happening with a lot of these legislators, they're just catching up with with their own worldview, yeah. and that's a very very dangerous place to it be. It is, and, and you know, just to end on an encouraging note, you know, the, the way that CareNet approaches this is, you know, through our pro abundant life philosophy and this vision that we have, where this is these are not transactional uh, issues. Yeah. This is this is transformational, yes. and we want people to come into the care that we provide to be transformed, right? Yes. Um, and to to walk out better than they were when they came in, um, and you know to not look at abortion as a solution to their problems, uh, but that there are other th- ways that we can provide compassion and help you, so that you actually don't have to come back, 
you know, because yes. like you said, you know, with the transaction, Burger King wants you coming back, right? They That's want right. You, they want you there three days a week, every, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day, Absolutely. right? As often as possible. We don't want that. We actually want people to be transformed so that they don't have to come back. That's um, right. And that's why we deal go upstream to deal with the reasons why women want to have mm-hmm. abortions mm-hmm. and why men support them. And that's really what compassion really, really truly is. Absolutely. It, it's, it's not a consumer-retail relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, it, is a, it is a covenant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Covenant. Uh, perspective that God's called us to and certainly the way we're viewing this issue so yeah. this is very troubling indeed but it, honestly it, it's kind of pulling back pulling back the veil and mm-hmm. exposing mm-hmm. Uh, what was there all along yeah, absolutely. which anybody that had eyes to see so mm-hmm. to speak uh, sure. could see and it's very troubling sure sure yeah and and actually in our in our in, in an upcoming podcast we're actually going to talk about how some of these things have actually shifted public opinion around abortion mm-hmm. and how how it's good and bad news yeah. <laughs> at the same time. So we'll talk about that soon. Okay. All cool. right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about how pro-abundant life people can respond to troubling new laws in our nation with compassion, hope, and help. We'll see you next time on CareCast.